You are listening to season three of the Not Neurotypical podcast. I'm your host, Laura Stan, and this season has a very new big plot twist. So hold on tight, strap on your seatbelts, because it's still going to be a bumpy ride. And is that bumpy ride ever going to get smoother? Season three of the Not Neurotypical podcast is proudly sponsored by Timo, the award-winning app designed to support neurodivergent people with routine and scheduling. Head to your app store and type T-I-I-M-O to learn more. Hey, everybody. This is your host, Laura Stan, and today is Tuesday, October 20th. We are going to be talking about time management or time blindness, which is commonly a term within the ADHD community and also definitely relevant to autistic people or people who are both like me. Um, It's very interesting when you get into these life skills that we've been talking about as an adult because a lot of the time not having these life skills is seem seemingly put on some sort of disorder or you know ADHD autism oh well you're just autistic when the truth of the matter is in my opinion and once again I've said this many times I am not a doctor or a physician um but my personal opinion is more oftentimes than not it's just the fact that we weren't taught things in a way that we can understand or grasp them. So we are left to our own devices. We uh, barely hold on into adulthood and we have to figure it out as we go. That's easier for some people than others. So I like to talk about life skills in a way. Have you ever heard of the Reddit, um, tell me like I'm five? It's like, it's something like that. But sometimes we need that and that's okay. And it doesn't mean that we are, um, you know, less than or anything like that. It means that no one ever taught us in a meaningful way and embrace it. So I'm going to tell it to you today like you're five because that's what I need. And literally, I can't tell you how many times I've told my husband, like, okay, try that again, but tell me like I'm five. <laughs> and it works. It's funny. It's a it's a funny way to kind of break it down. Um, and that doesn't have anything to do with intelligence, by the way. Um, but we are going to get into time management and time blindness and steps you can take to improve it. And as always, we're going to be talking about the stuff that most people don't talk about related to this, and I will give you some pointers to kind of help you out. But first... Some quick updates. First of all, if you are a fan of this podcast, I would love if you left a review and let me know what you love about the podcast. And also, if you have anything that maybe you wish I would add or anything that you don't particularly love, I do accept 
fully constructive criticism, you can email me at hello at laurastan.com. That's L-A-U-R-A-Z-D-A-N.com. Or leave a review if you listen on Apple Podcasts, which most of you do. I would really appreciate it. And also, feel free to check out the Autistically Squad. I always have a link in the area below this podcast, the description. And basically, it's a place for adults who are not really sure what is going on with late diagnosis and just really need an accepting, non-judgmental an understanding and supportive community of like-minded adults. It is such a great community for people like that. It's free. It will always be free. This is a need that I saw and a need that I decided to create. It is off of social media, so you don't get all of that overstimulation and all of the political stuff and, and all of that. It's It's like a nice community similar to a Facebook group with none of the noise. So check it out if you have a chance and also let me know what's been going on with you, how you feel about the podcast. And of course, I always welcome some constructive criticism. So I hope you have a great rest of your week. And now let's get into the meat and potatoes of time management. If you need extra resources and visuals, I will be posting more about time management and time blindness with visuals and kind of more of these tips to help you on my Patreon account. It is patreon.com slash unlearning neurotypical, and you can join for as little as $1 a month and gain access to the resources there. Okay, so before we start, I want to preface this whole podcast episode by saying that the goal of this podcast is not to boost productivity. And what I mean by that is I think a lot of the times people want time management skills or to improve time management for ideals that aren't even realistic for neurotypicals. Um, This capitalist idea of productivity and, and all of that causes massive amounts of anxiety and depression and things that are unnecessary in all groups of people. So the point of this podcast is absolutely not to boost productivity. It is to build skills that are considered basic and then giving you a foundation so that you can grow from there, basically, and use it how it's wise and needed for you personally. Um, I like to challenge a lot of the myths around productivity. And I think a lot of us who are neurodivergent do that anyway, because a lot of the times we love doing things that we like to do. And it's very hard for us to do the things that we don't like to do. And that's because we are naturally more logical. It doesn't make any sense that we should have to sit. I mean, any neurotype should have to sit and do things that they hate. Um, Back in the day, if you think about like even 
let's talk about like American history. So early settlers in America, um, if you lived in a little community in a village, you, everyone had a different profession, but typically you did a lot of stuff that you probably didn't love to do for the good of the community, but also you would be drawn to the things that you enjoyed doing or that you were good at. And that was kind of how things are placed. Um, our current society is very different. And a lot of the times at a very early age, we are forced to do things that we don't really love to do to make us nice, lovely, productive citizens, nice worker bees for making other people rich and things like that. And that is not what I'm all about, but we are going to go back to kindergarten today and I'm going to explain it to you like you're five. So first things first, let's talk about time blindness first of all. What is time blindness? So time blindness is more of a product of poor planning skills. It means that it's hard for you to grasp how long a task is going to take. It's hard for you to even understand what time is. It's hard for you to plan accordingly around how long things are going to take, how long it takes to get there, um, what time you have to be there, how long it takes to get ready. Um, basically, someone who is time blind is going to be late often, is going to be scared considered scattered or look scattered to an onlooker because they're probably frantically running around a lot. But essentially, it's an executive function. It's part of a frontal lobe function. It is a huge part of an ADHD diagnosis, although not everyone has that and it is not an absolute requirement to get an ADHD diagnosis as far as the diagnostic criteria goes. But it's very, very common. Now, let's talk about time management and time in and of itself. Time is not totally real, right? We kind of made it up as some sort of measurement. Um, it's not 100% accurate, etc. But we all kind of work on the system that we made up for what exactly? So people can work, I don't know, to measure the sun and the seasons, the years, I don't know. Um, I don't know the full history of time and why exactly we went into that. Actually, you know what? Give me one second. I'm going to look that up because that's interesting. I really enjoyed researching this. Um, I, I knew some of this, but um, it's very, very interesting. And it's very interesting to where we are for where we are today because I found an, an article in theatlantic.com. And it kind of goes through the history of time. Um, I mean, we generally learn in school that time was made up, but we also don't normally get the whole picture and story. But very, very interesting. So around the end of the 19th century and around the turn of the last century, there was a time much like the turn of just this past century where all of this technological progress is happening. Um, 
all of a sudden, the world had railways, steamships, subways, telephones, radios, all of that really came into existence all at once, much like our recent technological advances with computers and the internet and cell phones and all of that. So basically, time as we know it was born to sync up the globe during the last great technological advancement. So it's very, very interesting. Um, What I found most interesting is that there has been quite a few groups of people who have always fought against global time synchronization and all of that. Um, It's very, very interesting. You should definitely read this article. I'll post it and read more about it. But my point is current time was basically newer within the last century. Um, And we're still kind of keeping along with a new time that started over a hundred years ago. And it's very, very, very interesting. But what is time exactly? Time is just telling us when to be somewhere. It's telling us when to do things, what we need to do. It's global synchronization. It's community synchronization and all of that. To someone who is time blind, it's harder to process what time is, how long it takes to do something, all of that. As you know, I was diagnosed with ADHD at the age of 12 in the mid to late 90s, so it was a long time ago. So I've been in that world for a very long time. It was only more recently that I came into the autism world and found my true people, which are the combos, (laughs) autism and ADHD together. And so before I came into that world, there is one doctor in particular, Dr. Russell Barkley, who is, he specializes in ADHD, who I have taken so much info from. And honestly, so much of the info that he works with and shares is relatable to autism as well. And he has done a lot of work related to time management and time blindness. And he said, ADHD is living in the now and wherever the now goes, they are people being pulled along by the nodes. And it doesn't matter what your plans were or what your goals were. The now is more compelling. The purpose of the frontal lobe to humans is to organize your behavior across time in anticipation of what is coming at you. ADHD is nearsightedness toward the future. Just as people who are nearsighted can only read things close at hand, people with ADHD can only deal with things near in time. The further out the event lies, the less they are capable of dealing with it. And this is why everything is left to the last minute because they only deal with last minute issues. ADHD people are in the now. This is real. This is something that deeply affects us 
And planning is very important with adulting. So these are things that we have to work on. So time management is kind of a faulty term because you don't really manage time, something that was kind of made up, right? Um, You manage yourself within the idea of time. So I want you to think about this podcast today and the skills that we talk about, not managing time, which is impossible, but managing yourself within your community of time, I should say, or your time constraints and things like that. The first step and first tip I have for you is data. What do I mean by that? I'm going to explain it to you like you're five. You cannot improve things if you don't know what's going on with yourself. If you are time blind, you probably don't fully understand why you're even not getting it. The first thing you do when you go to the doctor or when you get help from a therapist or something like that is they take data on you. Now, They don't really talk about it that way, but they're asking you questions because they're taking data. They are getting a baseline from you. The next step is to figure out exactly where you want to improve. So say you give yourself three small goals to work with. The first step is figuring out where you are right now, and we'll go into that. The second step is giving yourself some goals or things that you're going to be working toward after you have your baseline. So it may be, I am late to work three times a month and I find that really stressful and I keep getting in trouble. So my goal is to stop being late to work or, you know, that's like a small goal that is related to time time management or your goal can be, I'm going to figure out how long it takes me to do this so that I start planning properly um, so I'm not always late or something like that. So you give yourself kind of three goals. But what type of data do you need to take before you even assess what your goals should be? This is so important. You need to understand your current behavior. Now, I'm not saying that your current current behavior is the problem. There's other things that cause the current behavior, but you need to understand your baseline. So for instance, anyone can make a to-do list, but if you don't really understand where you are right now and what type of help and support you need, it's going to be really hard to finish everything on that to-do list if you are not really self-aware with where you are right now. So the first type of data that I recommend that you take is some sort of evaluating your moods and energy levels. And this is huge. What doctors rarely talk about is that neurodivergent adults, specifically those that are autistic and ADHD, we have a huge mood component that is worked into the whole thing because it's not necessarily that ADHD or autism causes bad moods or any of that. It's because of the world we live in. It's not easy. We have to work harder than other people 
um, at certain things and that can be draining. And yes, of course that affects your mood, your energy levels and things like that. So take data on your day to day. You can do this for free. You can write it down. You can write down the time, just make some sort of log like, okay, I just woke up. It's 7 a.m. and I'm really tired. I got this amount of sleep last night. And then, um, you know, make a log. I had this much water this morning. Um, I had breakfast. Was it healthy or not? Something like that. And then maybe around 10 o'clock, you might have a little dip in energy and you're like, I'm really tired. I had a little dip. Maybe after lunch, you have a boost of energy again. You know, everyone's different with this. It depends on what type of medications we take, um, what kind of schedule we are on, what kind of work we do, whether you do like labor type work, or if you work in an office, you're going to have very different energy levels and, and things like that. So take data on yourself for a week or two, figure out your habits, your behaviors that you do on a regular basis. And a lot of your goals will probably be related to that data and not necessarily what you think. And I just want to also point out that your goals should never be because you think they should be your goals. I think sometimes we do that. And I'm definitely someone who goes there like, oh, I really should be doing this because I should be, or you feel some sort of guilt or shame or something. Your goal should be directly related to your own data that you take. They should not be based off of ideals that you have been taught and really kind of feel like you should be this way. And I think that is such a dark cloud that can be over us. So throw that bullshit out the window and take your own data, take control of what your real situation is and only worry about yourself. That's how you start. That's how, that's how I explain it to you. Like you're five, get rid of all that noise because we got to start over. That's not going to help us. We This is stuff that we should have learned as kids and weren't really taught in ways that were productive or efficient for us with our differences. So you got to look at where you are now and take your own data and stop telling yourself, I really should do this. I should be like this. I need to do this. Well, do you really? Or let's just start over and start with you personally. That's my recommendation. So There are free mood trackers in both app stores, um, Apple and Android. There is one that is pretty good. It's called eMoods, and you can make notes in there. So you could definitely add energy levels and, and things like that, and it's free, and there's other apps as well. You can also add this type of data into the Timo app, which I am very fond of, as you know. And there's just a lot of different ways to do it if you need an app to kind of help. And just make little notes. Just take a second. And the biggest thing is going to be staying consistent with it and remembering to do it. And there's good things to do beyond just taking data. And that is trying to figure out when is the best time to do things for you based on your schedule. So 
make some notes as you are taking that energy level and data as far as your moods and when things are best start making mental notes or even written notes about when you seem to be highest energy um when you exercise and and like when you're most healthy when you feel your best you know like take those kind of notes like when you feel your best when you feel your worst um that kind of stuff and that's going to really help you with planning you can make an energy graph too if you're very um visual and you need that you can just write out your own energy graph and on the first column you can put energy level very high high medium low or sleeping and you can at the top the first row you can write out like every hour of the day and you can just make check marks like you can make it really really easy and i will um link to some help that i found online for things like this um there's a lot of options that you can do but the biggest thing before we talk about anything is understanding who you are, where you are right now, and your data, your baseline, and where to go from there. So after you have all of your data, and and trust me, I think the first time you do this, it will be very surprising. You'll learn a lot about yourself. And instead of worrying about what you should do, what you need to do, what your family thinks you should do, what your work thinks you should do, you get to see a picture of what you're doing and how you feel about that and what you want to improve. So it's very beneficial. The biggest thing too, after you take your data is sometimes it's not easy for us to figure out exactly what we want. And that's also a planning issue related to executive functioning and time blindness. So if you are time blind, if you can take the data and you kind of stick with it, the next step might still be not very easy. And that's understanding what you want to improve and how to get there. So for instance, if you are noticing that you're very low energy, like throughout the day, almost every day, but then you're like, well, I'm really only getting five hours of sleep a night. That should be an indicator. You know, like it's it's easy indicators. Like make sure you are incorporating your diet, how much water you're drinking, and your sleep into this. Because these are all what contributes to mental health, physical health, and also time management. This stuff is all interrelated. Mental health severely impacts time management skills. No one taught us that in school. It's not talked about a lot, but if you don't sleep good and if you're not eating healthy, if you are dehydrated, it's going to be hard to do everything. And we are more likely, us as neurodivergent people are more likely to not sleep good, have issues with our diet and be dehydrated because we forget to drink and things like that. So step one, take data. Also, Make sure you're incorporating those other basic life skills like healthy diet, staying hydrated, and getting enough sleep because those are so, so important for everyday life. And those things are little things that are easy to at least start incorporating into your daily habits that will greatly improve your time management skills. Some things that are really important to remember 
when you are focusing on time management and how to handle all of that, like I said, incorporating sleep, healthy eating, and staying hydrated. And also working out. If you don't work out, you're not getting those really good serotonin and dopamine boosts that are really important for us. If you are neurodivergent, chances are your dopamine levels are lower than the average person. This is what contributes to a lot of our executive dysfunction and exercise boosts dopamine. So if you can, even just getting outside and walking for 20 minutes in the morning or taking the you know long route somewhere, incorporating energy boosters and dopamine boosters is huge. It's huge. Seriously. Incorporating even just a 20 to 30 minute walk a day will change most of your executive dysfunction. Seriously, it's that simple. There's other things you can do as well, but that's the biggest step you can take, I think, personally, and a lot of people I've talked to. Exercise and healthy diet is huge for us. Some of us need medication as well on top of that, but the medication still is so much better with exercise and good diet and staying hydrated. It's still necessary. Um, Find ways to stretch your periods of greatest energy. And like I just said, one way you can do that is boosting your dopamine. There are dopamine boosting foods you can eat as well. I will post a link to those. There's all kinds of things you can do, but this is stuff that helps us. Um, Plan out your daily schedule to take advantage of the times at your highest level. So after you take data, you plan things for the times when you're most likely to complete them. Be realistic. It's the number one thing that's huge. And also, don't plan things for your low energy time periods when you're more likely to be low energy. Some people have big boosts of energy when they wake up in the morning. Some people are the total opposite. It takes them hours to feel like they've woken up, even with coffee. So obviously, you're not going to plan high energy stuff when you just wake up if you are very low energy (laughs) when you wake up. It's like things like that. So this is why the data is so, so, so important. Now, here is something that people typically won't tell you when they're talking about time management, like say you get an ADHD coach, they might forget this, um, or a therapist or someone who doesn't quite understand. If you have planning issues, the worst thing you can do is make a giant list of everything you've ever wanted to do. And here's why. You're one, gonna get distracted you are going to have a really hard time focusing on a million things at once because executive dysfunction. And you're just going to have a difficult time keeping up with too many things. So start small. This is what I always tell everyone. I tell all of my clients this. This is what I do for myself. This is what I do with my kids. Like there's a reason why when you're working with a child, when a therapist is working with 
a child closely, say an occupational therapist, they're working on time management, they have one or two goals that they're working on at a time and they make sense, they're realistic, and they're pretty easily accomplished, but they are only working on one or two things at a time. For some reason, adults who are neurodivergent have a tendency to focus on way too much at once and then get mad when they're not seeing immediate improvement at in every area. And that is harmful because that is so unrealistic. That's not the way the world works. That is not the way it works in professional situations. And it's just going to add to your own shame and all of that. So tip number whatever we're at, I didn't number these, so just try to follow along. Um, Be realistic, but only focus on one or two things at a time. Take the things that you're struggling with the most. Maybe if you're late all the time, you're getting in trouble at work. Focus on that first after you've taken your data, after you've figured out what times of the day are best for you, after you kind of figure out what's working for you, where your moods are at, what kind of diet you're eating, are you getting enough sleep, things like that. Focus on one maybe two things at a time instead of being like, this is everything I don't like about myself and this is what we're going to focus on this week. (laughs) Like literally that's kind of where we go. And But when you lay it out like you're five, it doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? And so one of the biggest parts about all of this, everything we're discussing of of time management and as I said earlier from Dr. Russell Barkley that, um, the major issue with time blindness is just being in the now. We are very now oriented. The biggest way you kind of get out of that now only headspace is, what do you think? Do you have any guesses? It's learning to say no. It is saying no to yourself when you need to do something. It is saying no to distractions that you know you don't need right now. It is putting the phone down. It is telling someone who you know needs you, but you know if you do that, you're not going to do the stuff that you need to do. It's saying no to them. It's learning to say no. And so often, this is not discussed and people don't talk about learning to say no because we are a compliance-based society. But the people who are truly successful in this society are people who have learned to say no for various reasons. But the biggest thing is if you know if you do this for somebody else is going to make it very likely that you're not going to do the stuff that you need to do, you have to say no or say, listen, you really need me to help you with this. I really need need to do this. Like, how are we going to figure this out? Um, It's okay to communicate that. Sometimes saying no is also just extra communication, um, which sometimes is hard for us, I know. But if you take anything from this podcast today and time blindness and learning skills for time management – the biggest thing you need to learn is how to say no. This directly helps you get out of your head, get out of the now only, and help you focus on the things that you need to do for your future. Another huge factor in time management 
is learning how to ask for help. It is so important that you understand when you need help. And the data really helps you with that. It creates that awareness. Oh man, I'm like really bad at this. I need help with this, but I've got this. I just kind of needed awareness in that area. So the data and kind of fully understanding that is what helps. The areas that you clearly struggle with, you need to learn to ask for help. It's okay. If you really struggle with your diet, you might need extra help in that area. Get the extra help. Get a nutritionist, um, research that area and maybe, um, list out the thing. If you don't have money or whatever, that's not an excuse. There's other things you can do. You can write a, do a bunch of research, write a list out and then tell someone that you trust or a best friend or your spouse or your, or your sibling or somebody who's supportive and helpful. Um, tell them like, these are things I really need help with. Is there any way you can help me with these things or, um, you know, can you kind of be an accountability buddy or something like that? You have to ask for help. You need to learn how to say no and you have to ask for help. Part of that is admitting that you might have a problem that you'd like to improve upon and being willing to acknowledge it and get help. That's a lot better than just always feeling like you're drowning forever. Wouldn't you say? One important thing to remember too when you're taking your data is to be aware of the things that are taking up a lot of your time. They may be scrolling on social media, watching TV. Um, If you want to improve your time and what you're doing with it so that you can get stuff done, it's really important to also be aware of the things that are taking away from the things that you want to do. And managing those are so important. So when you're taking your data, a lot of phones and computers now offer some sort of screen time type um, data that you can just look at. You can look on your phone or your computer at work. Obviously, if you're at work, you're probably on your computer a lot and things like that. But um, on your phone, if it's not a work phone, that's more telling. So look up your screen time data and see that kind of stuff. Um, And it's really important to also be aware of what is draining your time inefficiently. It's also really important to set timers and alarms This is a huge help to ADHD and neurodivergent people. Um, It's also a huge help when you're taking data. So what you can do is say, okay, I just cooked a big meal. I'm going to clean the dishes. And you may want to know how long it takes. Set a stopwatch to figure it out and kind of get an average time in your head and write that down. This is part of your data. How long does it take you to do something? It might take me 10 minutes to do something. It might take you 20. There's a huge gap and and you know, I can't tell you how long things are going to take. Like this is data that you need to know about yourself. How long does it take you to do the tasks that you need to do every day? This will be huge for your planning. So when you're taking your data, 
don't just write down the negative stuff. Also take some time um, to time out how long it takes you to do stuff. It may take you longer to do some things than the average person. And maybe that's why you're late. So you just need to wake up a little earlier and things like that. Um, It's really important to do that. But also it's really important that if you really struggle with certain things to break those things down into smaller tasks. So say you have a morning routine and you really struggle with doing everything that you need to do in the morning, focus on one or two things like write out a list. You might be very visual. It might be good for you to write down a list, put it on your bathroom mirror and check it off every morning. Okay. I know I need to wake up, eat breakfast, brush my teeth, um, take a shower, you know, all of that stuff, like write down everything you need to do and then time yourself and figure out. Timo app is great for this, by the way. It lets you list every little thing and give yourself timeframes. It's huge. I definitely recommend using the Timo app to figure this data out and to time yourself and then kind of keep yourself on that schedule. And as you're taking your data, you'll start to see, okay, like this time worked for me, this didn't, oh, I take way longer at this than I thought I did. Like this data is so important for your awareness of time blindness and time management and where you fall into all of this, not what you should be, where you are now. And then you can kind of focus on the little things that you may want to improve. Um, Now, a lot of coaches and um, therapists and people like that tell you to assume worst case scenarios so that you're always prepared. And I tend to be that person. But in this case, I kind of disagree. I think if you focus on the data and really just like low key, just kind of create awareness within yourself, I think a lot of the times time blindness is more related to not being self-aware rather than you not being able to do something. Um, That's what kind of annoys me about all of this talk. And that's why I said in the beginning, like, this is not about productivity. This is about learning about yourself and improving a skill. This is about being aware of where you are now and then giving yourself a couple small things to work on to get you where you want to be. One to two things at a time. So if you are taking data on yourself and being or becoming super aware, you don't need to do the worst case scenario stuff because you're going to have that information ready for yourself. Also, that sounds really stressful and anxiety inducing. um, And I would know that because I am a worst case scenario person and that's my anxiety talking. So I do not recommend that you take that approach with yourself because that's a little harsh in my opinion. So let's summarize. You want to take data first on yourself. Write everything down, log everything, log your daily activities, how much you're eating, are you eating healthy, or how much you're sleeping, are you hydrated, when are you tired, when do you feel energized, when do things feel really hard for you, what factors are 
relating to your routine and getting things done. What things are hard for you? How long does it take you to brush your teeth? How long does it take you to shower? How long does it take you to clean up after yourself? All of that stuff. You need data before you can grow from there. This builds self-awareness. It creates understanding of yourself and your own needs. And it enlightens yourself to basically be in tune with your body, what you need, and from there you build your goals. Don't build your goals based on what you think you're supposed to do, what society expects of you. Of course you have certain responsibilities like if you're a parent taking care of yourself and your family. Um, If you work, you obviously have goals related to work and things you know you need to do, like following the rules. If you have schoolwork, you obviously have to turn in your assignments on time and things like that. But beyond those concrete things that you know, you have to figure out where you are and then build your goals realistically based on that. Focus on one to two things at a time The world's not going to collapse if you don't conquer everything this week, I promise. (laughs) And just remember to simplify the whole thing by focusing on you. Focus on your information and what you will get out of life and things that you can improve for yourself instead of worrying about everyone else and everything else around you because unfortunately this is something that we are susceptible to and I think it only hurts us. Of course, we have to be mindful of what's beneficial to others around us as it relates to masking and um, other things that we've discussed on the podcast, but time management is managing yourself. It really is. So this is a skill that is needed to be an adult in our society and really any society in the past. Um, you know, there you've always had goal-oriented civilizations for the most part, and they've, of course had very different goals depending on the culture and things like that but this is part of living you have to do stuff to survive and it just looks so different now than it used to so be realistic use your own data and metrics to make your goals and nobody else's and baby steps baby steps baby steps huge steps will lead to hard to do consistency. It will lead to shame, more anxiety, and things like that. So the world's not going to collapse if you only focus on one to two things at a time. I promise. <laughs>